2: It's Steelers versus Ravens week. And on the Friday episode of the North Shore
1: Drive podcast, we're going to be breaking down a lot. Matt Canada firing off at CBS for the comments that he says they took out of context. Najee Harris firing off in defense of the Steelers coaches. So much firing off. We got to fire off on our takes on that here on the North Shore Drive podcast. From the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Brian Backlick coming at you. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast. A show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. As always, we bring you this episode on your favorite podcasting platforms and on YouTube. You can find these episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and on Saturday when we do the agriculture fan advantage, talking to an opponent expert here. But we always have daily content coming out from our Pittsburgh Post-Gazette writers right here on the Post-Gazette Sports Channel. We're joined by Brian Batgo, one of our Steam Steelers beat writers. He's out in the woods by the Steelers facility after a rousing Matt Canada press conference Steelers, Matt Canada, offensive coordinator. He, he's been a punching bag for so long, but this was the first time I think I've heard him really punch back in a media session. Brian, can you break down what happened here on a, on this Thursday, on this Thursday afternoon?
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously by the time people hear this, it, it might be Friday, but you know, the, we're, we're taping this fresh off of the coordinator availability for the Steelers mm-hmm. and you know, our Ray Fittipaldo uh, went into that, you know, willing to ask Matt Canada about the, you know, the bid on the the CBS broadcast. Was it? I think it was CBS, right? Yes, CBS. Um, yeah, yeah. Against the Texans. Um, just a little kind of throwaway nugget that in their pre-production meeting, Canada mentioned something about how this Steelers offense is not built to come from behind, and Canada probably gave the longest answer I've ever heard from him, Chris, to be honest. Um, You know, he started with, I'm glad you asked that question, which if you've ever heard one of these scrums with Canada, he's he's usually not real glad to get any of the questions. Um, But this one was one that he clearly took offense to. And he he basically explained that it was misinterpreted slash taken out of context. And Mm -hmm. as we know, in, in the media business, what we do you know, one little thing gets out like that and suddenly it just gets chopped up and churned through the news cycle and it does taken in all sorts of different directions. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it does start at the source with, um, I believe it was Spiro Didis on the call there with Adam Archuleta, uh, who met with Canada uh, before that Texans game. And it, it got spun a lot of different ways by a lot of different people. Of The Steelers are admitting their offense stinks. Canada can only play a certain way. But his overall point, agree or disagree was what he meant was he was referring to the Niners game week one when they kind of had to scrap the whole game plan. They had to stop running. They had to keep dropping back and throwing because they were down three scores well into the second half. And his contention assertion is that nobody builds a game plan to be down three scores in the second half and suddenly have to throw, throw, throw all the time. So, Overall point from Canada, he does think they have a team, and he does feel they have the personnel that they can come back if they get down in games. Trailing is not a death sentence for them. He took offense to it as a slight to his players, to the overall offense, and that's why he was so hacked off about it and went on for probably a good two minutes uh, dealing with that question.
1: Man. That, so that is that is a lot from Matt Canada right there talking about a few things. Before we get into more, that would remind you that because on Fridays, we are here, I'm here. While uh, Brian is working hard, I'm here at Mike's Beer Bar kicking back. The best bar in all of Pittsburgh where you can find over 20 television screens. As you see some of them behind me here, I'm on location recording this show. You can also try one of their 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers being local, 80 of those beers being uh, being available on tap and we as we always do on Fridays we go through our flight our, our Friday flights here on the on the North Shore Drive podcast from Mike's Beer Bar first beer is grist House Tentacle Horizon it's a northeastern excuse me, not a northeastern a New England IPA 7.1% tried it a while ago and it was fabulous it's a great way to start your flight go come here in Mike's Beer Bar and check out all the different beers they have available we'll go through more of their amazing beers later in the show but man Brian it sounds like Matt Canada wants to drink a beer after after having <laughs> to deal with that and i mean like Probably, yeah, I, think, I think most Steelers fans are drinking beers when they're watching his offense, trying to get through it. But I thought that was what that was an interesting thing. We've had a few like kind of fiery or at least like passionate responses in back to back days here. Matt, after Matt, Canada, Matt Canada said that on Thursday, Najee Harris spoke to us Wednesday after practice. And I and he was to fired up as well. I wanted to play his clip here because we had it and uh, he addressed the criticisms of Steelers coaching. Here was Steelers running back Najee Harris Wednesday.
2: And I mean, I see everybody talking about this coaching stuff about play calling but Brett bread. Like, do y'all know how football works? Coaches only not like coach, but we got to execute the plays. Like, we're not trying to point the finger at all. This is not the time to do that either. This, this keep, it keeps me in a conversation we brought up, like, or not even a conversation we brought up, but things that's just talked about so much. It's crazy. Like, we have to execute at the end of the day, no matter who's back there calling the plays. You know what I mean? We, we can't just keep looking at the coaches as an outlet or whatever y'all putting out there as outlets. That's just it's just stupid what y'all doing, really. You know what I mean? We can't just keep looking at, at and pointing fingers. we got to point at ourselves. It's the man in the mirror, really. You know what I mean? This is this is a, a, a the NFL. Everybody runs the same damn plays. You know what I mean? Everybody disguises it differently, but, you know what I mean? It's just how we going to play it. And we're not... Truthfully, I I think that we're just not playing right with that edge right now, and that's what we need to do better.
1: Najee Harris called a team meeting earlier this week uh, to try to get the offense in order. And, Brian, I agree with the assessment that the offense still has to play better. You know, whatever the play calls are, however you feel about Matt Canada, there's open – on that fourth and one, when they turned the ball over and Kenny Pickett got hurt, there were, like, three open receivers and a lane to run, and Kenny Pickett chose none of those. There's been plenty of plays this year where – a key block, just a reasonable block in a situation that should have been made, could have opened up a play and it didn't. There's been so many execution points that if the Steelers just did what they were what they were supposed to do on, on given plays in reasonable situations, this offense would look so much better and I think that there'd be less noise about coordinators and play calling and all that stuff right, right now, and they might even have a winning record because they wouldn't have fumbled so much against the Texans. I still think the Niners game was going to be out of their reach because that's just a really good team, but Brian, what's your assessment hearing Najee Harris, uh, you know, speak that way uh, after a practice?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they're closing ranks uh, around the coaching staff and maybe the the members or member of this team who needs it the most in in Canada. And you know, this isn't a new uh, diatribe from Najee. We heard him sound very similar early last season when things go- weren't going well offensively. I want to say it was actually after week three and and not week four, and he kind of went on a very similar tangent about. You know, this is the a media creation. And yeah, I mean, that, that kind of always happens, right? When a team is not functioning the way it should, it's easy to just kind of t- turn. And if, you know, you don't want to point the finger at anybody within. So you kind of just lash out at somebody. We're the easy target. Uh, fans sometimes are the easy target. Social media eggs and anonymous Twitter accounts are the easy targets. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I buy what he's selling to an extent I would probably have to disagree with him about everybody running the same plays in the NFL like I I get what he's saying you know everybody every coach at this level understands scheme and understands you know there's only two things you can do last time I checked in football right you can run it or you can throw it but uh, it's kind of an oversimplification probably in the name of rallying the troops uh, for this offense so We've been here before with Najee. Maybe he feels emboldened to talk this way after how well he played as the train uh, comes behind me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it it was interesting for sure. Um, You know, it's a challenge to his teammates. And for all of his faults, uh, you know, I think at times Najee's been a little too close to the old throwing the lineman under the bus type deal. And you could probably even argue that again with what he said Wednesday. But uh, for every time that he does get up there and maybe say a little too much or speak out of turn – He's never really been one to shift blame to the coaches, although he did acknowledge also Wednesday that sometimes he's upset when he gets taken out. But that's just because he's a competitor, and they all want the ball.
1: I mean, that, that and that's a natural part of things. If, you know, you want to be able to do it. You know, there's that, 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 that's normal. But I think what Anji Harris's statement kind of shows is that that he at least as a spokesperson for the Steelers offense, he's like, look. We got to focus on ourselves. We got to focus. We got to stop worrying about what other people are saying we don't do. There are plays to be made in front of them. And you know, regardless of what the of a, who the who calls the plays, if you don't, if Kenny Pickett doesn't throw it to the open guy, if Andy Reid become, you know, quits the, the Kansas City Chiefs head coaching dog to become your offensive coordinator and you get wide open receivers over the middle and you don't throw it to them, the offense is still gonna look bad. And everyone's gonna be saying, well, the play calls stink. No, you have to execute what's in front of you and this does not alleviate Matt Canada from any other issues that have been going on I think that he certainly has a lot of faults in, in his game and that, that, that's absolutely part of it but I think Najee Harris is kind of ringing the bell and it makes me wonder Brian if this could be a rallying point for this offense maybe not to just win this game but like if this could be a point where they like hey we do have to be play with the better edge we do have to stop being up so. we have to get back to the identity of being a physical football team and that being the emphasis of how they score.
0: We'll see. My only point on that, Chris, as far as it being a rallying point, again, if I'm not mistaken, which I went back and looked last night. So I think I have this correct. Najee's rant similar to this one a year ago was four week four. What happened? Mm-hmm. They lost to the Jets. Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky got benched after some sort of locker room altercation with Deontay Johnson. Kenny Pickett came in and you know they didn't win that one. They went out and got shelled by the Bills and the Eagles. Uh, before the buy, and then things eventually started to turn around. So I, I don't know that in 2022, Najee's comments particularly lit a fire under anybody. But uh, you know, we'll see what happens. This
1: year. We'll see what happens. Every year is a different situation, and you didn't—you weren't playing without TJ Watt in a game that you were supposed to win. Uh, as you were this year, but this is the Ravens. That's a major matchup. We'll talk about that matchup in just a little bit here on the North Shore Drive Podcast from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. I'm your host Chris Carter, here with Brian Batko from the Ste- from our Steelers beat here. But first, before we do anything else, we'll remind you this show is sponsored by Mike's Beer Bar. Mike's Beer Bar, the number one bar in all of Pittsburgh. You come here, you can try one of their 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers are av- are, are available from the local from local areas, and 80 of those local beers are on tap, ready for you to go. You can try all these different beers in different flights, which we're going to sam- we're going like, to explain to you. All throughout this show, on uh, for their Friday flights. When you get here to Mike's, ask for the Friday flight. They'll hook you, they'll hook you up with all these different things that you can try here. We have a lot more beers to sample, but also when you get here, there's over 20 televisions. You can reserve a table with your game in mind, whether it's college football, NFL, NBA, NHL, Premier League. Anything you, you want sports-wise, they'll get on a TV for you and your friends to watch while you enjoy beers and their amazing food options like steak on a stone, where they bring you, you a, a choice cut of steak on a heated stone. You every piece you cut off, you press it to the stone, it heats to the heat that you like, and then you eat it, and you're having the best steak experience you can have here in the city of Pittsburgh. Come to Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. And when you get here, tell them Chris, sent you. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter here with Brian Batko. And now it's time for the Accra Fan Advantage, where where we take burning questions from you, the fans, and bring them on the show. This week's question comes from Adam B., who says, I have listened to, God help me, hours of Steelers content in the last few weeks. I haven't heard anyone comment on the impact of Deontay Johnson's absence on the offense. He has his faults. But he's a threat to the defenses, no longer have to take into account how much of the Steelers' offensive struggles do you think could be related? Now, Brian, Deontay Johnson, we kind of haven't talked about him because he hasn't been available. He's on injury reserve. He's not going to be coming back. I, I I think there's a lot of things to focus on outside of his injury. But certainly, Deontay Johnson is one of the better route runners in the NFL. He gets open. He presents targets for, for Kenny Pickett. And I do think he would help this offense. When he does come back, he's, he's supposed to come back. I think he's expected to come back after the bye week or, or sometime shortly after that. they won't be back for this game, they buy the bye next the next week, and then they play the Rams on the road, I believe. But when he does come back, how much do you think that changes the Steelers' offense if it does at all?
0: I think it can help. Um, I'm not going to chalk up too much of this inconsistency to Deontay Johnson, but – you're right. I mean, I think when you're trying to do quick game stuff like the Steelers tried to get to a lot against the Texans, it helps to have somebody who can un- uncover very quickly, and nobody on this roster is better at doing that than Deontay Johnson. I-, I have to imagine that a lot of the playbook is is probably not as favorable or preferable now by Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett without your number one receiver, the, the guy who's the best at getting that separation and moving the chains, being in there. Um, you know, Allen Robinson, I- for all his abilities as a, as a savvy veteran receiver. And I, I think he's reliable moving the chains. We know he helped close out the Raiders game, but you know, he's, he's not somebody who scares defenses in any way at this point at, at 30 years old. And right. um, that's, that's what you're kind of losing the most. I think without Johnson Calvin Austin, you know, I think he's, he's doing his part. He's, he's not featured nearly as much as, as Johnson was. I mean, the targets just aren't there, but I think not only do you not have Johnson to throw to, but it's also allowing teams to devote more attention perhaps to George Pickens. We know the Texans did a really good job of, of that and taking him away. And um, for all that, that Calvin Austin can uh, threaten DBs over the top in, in secondaries, still not somebody with a huge track record of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's notable, uh, but at the same time, you know, they, they had, they've had these issues before when he's been in there. So, um, you know, I can't put too much stock into it, but I think it's a fair point by our man, Adam, that, you know, he was starting to get going in week one against the Niners. He, he wasn't going to save them that day, but uh, he was showing some some juice and some energy in that second half before he went down with the hamstrings. So um, that that is, it's a loss for the Steelers offense for sure. It's just, to me, it's just not a huge one.
1: Uh, see, my thing is this, is that for the offense right now, they're looking for anything to click. I, I think this is a group that, that does have talent on it, that does have potential on it, and that, Sometimes when things are going wrong, it reminds me of the 2014 Steelers when they had Ben Roethlisberger, they had Martavis Bryant, they had Antonio Brown, they had Le'Veon Bell, and like at that point, they weren't the killer bees. Everyone was kind of like, "Well, this Steelers offense ever be good again? Like, will it ever be?" And then it just took them kind of finding finding their groove for them to get into a rhythm and say, "Oh, this is what we're good at." You know, checkdowns to Le'Veon Bell, Brian on the deep ball, Brown on, on 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 his different routes, and it took the full cast of that for that to for them to find that out. I'm not saying this is. About to be the killer bees but my point is if they can have all their weapons available to them it makes it that much easier for them to find different things that could get them into a rhythm and right now they were already limited coming into the season with Deontay Johnson and Deontay Johnson in that Niners game even outside of the plays that he did make before he got injured he was getting open like there were times I'm just like man if Kenny Pickett could just throw him the ball he could change the game he could put he could give them a shot in this and he wasn't doing that and if Kenny, if Deontay Johnson comes back and Kenny Pickett's still not getting the ball when he's getting open, nothing's going to change. But having him back to give him that opportunity could be the difference if it's taken. And it's just, I think sometimes it just takes hitting the right play at the right moment to spark something to build some momentum for a young offense that's still trying to find its identity.
0: Well, you're also not going to have your, your probably second uh you know best chemistry type guy with Kenny Pickett and I Pat Firemuth, who's gonna miss. Yeah. At least one game, probably more like two or three. So uh, that, that also is kind of a, one of the more irreplaceable players on this offense, as we discussed the other
1: day. There's a lot of things that the Steelers are going through right now offensively. Darnell Washington playing, we talked about that a little bit on the Wednesday episode. We got a lot more to talk about here with this upcoming matchup with the Baltimore Ravens here on the North Shore Drive podcast. This is the AccraShirt Fan Advantage. Thank you to Adam B for your question. You can get your question on the show by going to AccraShirt.com slash fan advantage. And for more information, you can submit you can your questions there. But every Friday, we're going to take your questions, answer one of them right here on the show. And then every Saturday, we have an, op- an opponent expert on, on the Steelers' upcoming opponent this week. is the Baltimore Ravens. We'll have an expert talking with us on Saturday right here on the show. Tune back in for that there. we still got a lot more to talk about, though, on this show right here. We're starting to get you ready for Steelers' Ravens coming up right after this break. Back here in the North Shore Drive podcast for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Brian Batko coming at you on a Friday here. Uh, Brian, before we continue, I want to, wanted to talk about some of these other beers here. We have an, uh, some of these amazing beers from Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. When you come here, you have 500 different ones available. One of them is called the Juniata Gi- Yam Session. It's a sweet potato beer. It's a session beer that's awesome. It's just 4.7%, and it just makes you think fall. It has me ready for Thanksgiving already. I'd try that. I would definitely try that. I love some yams. And yams are, are so awesome. They're one of my favorite underrated parts of Thanksgiving. And, man, I know it's early October, but I can't wait for some turkey and yams and mashed potatoes. And, uh, get me going. Anyways, come to Mike's Beer about to try out all the different beers they have available here. We have a couple more we'll mention. Brian, while the Steelers are struggling to find an identity, the Ravens look like they found a few. One, Lamar Jackson is playing at a very high level. He scored four touchdowns last week against the Cleveland Browns. And meanwhile, their defense is allowing the fewest yards per pass uh, in the NFL and allowing the seventh fewest yards per rush in the NFL. They're playing at, at a high level, and they are three and one coming into this game against the Steelers. What do you look at as like if the Steelers are going to try to battle back against all the things the Ravens do well from what you've seen so far that they have to do the most?
0: They've got to play stout defense. They've got to muck this game up, I think, the way that they've tended to do over these, you know, this era in which Lamar's played against them. It's, you know, he's missed them a lot because of injuries. He's one and two against the Steelers as a starter. So and, and he's just been I think he's taken 18 sacks or something like that in those games and uh four to six touchdown to interception ratio. So they've had his number for sure. And uh you're gonna have to find a way to do that again, whether that's TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, you know, answering the bell after getting taken out of the ring by the Texans um, for the most part, you know, other than a a few plays here and there uh, they've, they've got to look like the guys who got it done last time the Steelers were engaged in a rough and tumble AFC North battle at Accra stadium week two against the Browns on Monday night football. So um, that's, that's to me going to be the key easier said than done, but you know, Ronnie Stanley, if he's in there at left tackle for the Ravens, he's been banged up, hasn't played since week one is back up Patrick McCarry, I think you can certainly get, uh, get one over on him. If you're Alex Highsmith, um, you know, Morgan Moses on the other side, you know, if you're TJ Watt, you can't let him run you out of the play the way George Fant did for the Texans uh, as, as frequently as, as we all, you know, none of us expected. So, um, you know, and also splash plays, uh, find a way to get those. Uh, the Texans stayed ahead of schedule, stayed ahead of the chains, kept you out of those situations where you can pin your ears back and force them into a mistake if you couldn't make C.J. Stroud do it as a rookie, don't really love your chances of getting Lamar Jackson to do it, but we know he, he can be aggressive at times, and I, I think this is a key game for Minka Fitzpatrick, too, who hasn't made any splash yet in 2023. You've got to think law of averages. Odds are he's going to find the ball in his hands at some point.
1: I agree. Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be a big factor. He's been a big factor before uh, in key moments against the Ravens. He had that key breakup back in 2020 that sealed the game in in that one. Uh, you know, Morgan Moses could be interesting. He he did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, we'll see how he does the rest of the week. He's dealing with a shoulder injury. But I agree. You know, the Steelers defensive line was supposed to take over the game against the Texans the offensive line. That didn't happen. And that's where I think Mike Tomlin is emphasizing pad level has to be better. Physicality has to be better. This team has to be back to bruise. And Dodgy Harris talking about on the flip side, I think the same answer for the defense is the same answer the, for the offense. This team has to get back to being physical. We talked about all offseason about how the drafting of the offensive line, getting Isaac Sayamalu, getting Keanu Benton, getting Broderick Jones, guys like that, and, and trying to emphasize this team is going to play with grit. This, play, this team is going to play well. And Najee Harris even said the last time they played the Ravens, big difference. They blocked, and their defenders got off the blocks. They were able to, to win in the trenches. If you're playing that's, – that's how the Steelers need to play each and every week. That's how they're going to win games with the way their roster is constructed – to try to base, to base everything off of, I think on both sides of the ball, this game is going to come down to can the Steelers' offensive line neutralize what the Ravens try to do on, with their defensive front and actually give them space, some space to run, so that the offense can find its groove that way. And on the flip side, can they stop the run? Can they can they can they force Lamar Jackson to have to sit in the pocket and throw and put him in some put him in some pressured situations where he's throwing in tough spots here, Brian. I just don't know if the Steelers' interior defensive line is going to shape up that quickly. The edge rushers are fine; they they they, they are doing their thing. The Texans schemed them out of it. They've got to be that,
0: more than fine, though, like they were in Week Two, in Week Three against yeah, the Raiders. Yes, yeah. I
1: agree, and, and but and it also comes down to the off-ball linebackers, who I think will be huge in this game yeah. because they were not making plays in space. Cole Holcomb, I thought, had his worst game of the season against the Texans. If he has his worst game, has as bad of a game this week. The Steelers are going to be in a lot of trouble because they need those off-ball linebackers to be in the right gaps, help in coverage, but also help in making sure when Lamar Jackson breaks, they are right there to help. Sure, sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, to your point on the Steelers' offense, I'm just not seeing a lot of avenues for success because, yeah, I mean, Najee talked on, on Wednesday about how they've had success against the Ravens in the past by dominating the box and uh, imposing their will, essentially. But the Ravens know that, too. And I think with Kenny Pickett, the way he's played lately, other than week three with the knee, injury looming they are you know mike mcdonald their dc he's going to cook up a plan that probably does put eight in the box and dares the steelers to run it at them and if that happens Najee would be the first to tell you do you understand football when they're stacking the box and putting eight men in there what do you want us to do you know i can't we can't make holes out of thin air so that's where the x's and o's and the execution is going to come into play here and uh not super uh super optimistic for the steelers looking at this matchup on paper i'm gonna go Ravens 24, Steelers 15, um, and even that many points. I'm, I'm kind of just saying it because there's there's no way they can be held in single digits again, right?
1: <laughs> You'd think. Uh, but I, I, I'm I'm with you on this. I, I think that it is too soon for the Steelers to bounce back from their problems right now. I think that yeah. they'll bounce back in the sense – They're limping to the bye. Right. They're limping to the bye. They're dealing with uh, so many injuries right now. This is a Steelers team – I think that you start to see – the run game be a factor. I think they find some, they find some some rhythm there, and it does help them in this game. I also think the defense does bring some edge. I also say Marlon Humphrey, I think, is also expected to miss this game, which could help them if they can. He's get back, he's back at
0: practice, so he's he's trying to he's trying to
1: get there. You know, we'll obviously, no more
0: Friday, but
1: he he's he's trying. But we've all we've heard we've heard a lot of reports that he they might they might try to rest him as well. But either way. When you, you mention the
0: injuries that the Steelers have though Chris, I mean that's that's worth pointing out. Ronnie Stanley, the Ravens left tackle has been out since week 1. Marlon Humphrey yeah. hasn't played this year. Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham mm-hmm. were out last week. Lamar Jackson was thrown to Brian Carter and Chris Batko. Yep. He was actually my mom, uh but no, no that's neither here nor there. Um yeah, I mean it's it's, it's And, and only Zay Flowers, an he, was, he, was, he was he was, Zay yes, Flowers he, did was have, he had Zay Flowers and Mark <laughs> Andrews, but yeah. all I'm saying is every team's got injuries, so Um, Everything got
1: got injured. Absolutely. I think that's one thing here is the Ravens, they've managed. And the Ravens, that's what they've done for the last few years, right? They've been injured up and down. They lost Lamar Jackson last year and still found a way to make the playoffs. That's not an excuse for the Steelers, but it's an acknowledgement. That's why I have a hard time picking them this week. It's just they're too hurt up and they're trying to find a rhythm. And it's tough to find that rhythm when you don't got your guys out there. So I'm saying a similar score. I've been thinking 23 17 Ravens. Uh, This comes down to the, the, the Steelers getting the ball late having a chance to go up, but then not being able to capitalize on it because they'll need to take to the air. The Ravens will be ready for it, and that'll be in a predictable situation. So the Steelers get to the bye at 2-3, and three, but they have to hope that they start to get healthy after the bye so they can start finding their rhythm after that. We'll see how that plays out here in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He's Brian Batko from the Post-Gazette.com. Brian, anything that the Steelers fans need to be looking out for that you got coming up?
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll have our scouting report as we always do. Keys to the game, key matchup, and I'm gonna take a just a look at. It's been a year of Picket now for the Steelers. We're mm-hmm. we're officially a calendar year into the KP eight era. Uh, I'm gonna look into the good, the bad, and maybe what it's it's telling us about the future with him.
1: Absolutely. Check that out at post-gazette.com. I'm your host, Chris Carter of the North Shore Drive Podcast. Thanks for tuning in on your favorite podcasting app or on YouTube like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this channel for all of our daily content that comes out from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Like I said, we got a special episode coming out Saturday with the action fan advantage previewing this game one more time with a Ravens expert. We'll do that right here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents, click the link below in the description.